Are you waiting for the big, goosebump, glowy moment of spiritual connection? Well, if you are, I've got news for you. You may have already missed God's presence. Hey friends, I'm Mark Allen Shelsky, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. I'm back from summer break, and this is episode six, Your To-Do List Is Numinous. for a moment about the last significant spiritual experience you had. When was the last time where it seemed like the claustrophobic haze of everyday life burnt off briefly and you sensed God? Was it at a worship service somewhere? Maybe the music transported you. Or maybe you were out on a hike somewhere in the forest and the trees broke revealing a stunning view and you just could not help but stop and think about the Creator. Now think about what was happening for you in that experience, whatever you brought to mind. Bring back up how you felt. Hold on to that for a moment. Now, think about your to-do list, or however it is that you manage your day. Maybe you've got a planner, or use a calendar app, or you've got a stack of post-it notes, whatever you use. Hold that picture in your mind. What's on your agenda for this week, first thing tomorrow, when the new day gets its teeth into you? Think about your obligations, your commitments, the stuff that you just have to get done. Notice what's coming up for you emotionally, thinking about all of that. Now, compare those two experiences. That first situation you remembered, when you felt God, how did that feel? Pretty cool, right? Like something bigger than you happened, like a little thread of ultimate reality broke through into your life, like you were connected. And then, when you were thinking about your agenda, your to-do list, everything you have to get done tomorrow, How did that feel? The first situation felt spiritual. You connected with something so much bigger than yourself. It felt deep and profoundly real. Your to-do list doesn't feel like that, right? If you're like me, those obligations, the checkboxes on your to-do list, they don't seem very spiritual. At times I feel like I just want to get past all these bothersome things, all of these chores, so that I can get on to something that matters. I'm not the only one who feels that way, right? You get where I'm coming from. The Gospel of Luke tells us about one time when Jesus took a hike. This was well into his ministry. The disciples had been with him almost three years. They'd heard him preach. They'd seen miracles. They were friends. So one day, Jesus took three of his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, on this mountain hike. They probably did what you do on mountain hikes. You know, they took in the views. They threw rocks in the creek. They walked and they talked. When they reached the summit, something happened. In fact, this might actually be where we get the phrase mountaintop experience. See, there on top of the mountain, Jesus changed in front of their eyes. He started to glow. Scripture says that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Crazy! And then, two figures emerged from this cloud of light and started chatting with Jesus. Now, the disciples knew who these guys were immediately, and it stunned them. I want you to imagine coming around a bend on a hike to see some figures, and as their faces become clear to you, you can see who they are. It's George Washington and Dr. Martin Luther King, and they're chatting. And you know their iconic faces. I mean, these men are written into the cornerstone stories of our country, but they are also not currently alive. That was what this was like for Jesus' friends. See, the, the two unexpected figures were Moses and Elijah. Moses, the lawgiver, the founder of the nation of Israel, 
Moses was nearly synonymous with the laws that defined Israel as a people. In fact, sometimes rabbis, when talking about Scripture, the Torah, they would simply refer to it as Moses. Right? They'd quote from the Torah and they would just say, as Moses said or Moses declared. The other guy was Elijah. He was one of the greatest of all the prophets. He was the one who defined the whole model of spiritual authority holding even kings accountable. He was the one who called down fire to destroy the, the priests of the false gods. He was the one who was swept off to heaven in a fiery chariot. So there they were, Moses and Elijah, just talking with Jesus. And everybody is surrounded by a nimbus of glory. Imagine that. And then Peter said something. He was experiencing ultimate reality. Eyes wide, he blurted out, Man, this is amazing! Well, the actual words in the text that he said are, It is good for us to be here. And then he says to Jesus, Let me build three tabernacles, uh, one for each of you, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. So the curtain of reality is pulled back, Peter has the unexpected privilege of witnessing it, and what does he do? He wants to do the equivalent of carting a load of lumber up the mountain from Home Depot to build a church. Peter wanted to capture the moment. His desire is so often our natural tendency. If we ever have the privilege of just catching a glimpse of the divine, we get tunnel vision. We want to preserve that moment and remember it and try and recycle everything about it so that it can happen again. Those moments are fantastic. But when we do what Peter did, it creates a kind of blindness. As soon as Peter spoke, this cloud of glory enveloped everyone on the mountaintop, and they all heard the divine voice say, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Then the light faded, the clouds lifted, and it was just the disciples and Jesus. All normal. Nobody's glowing. The moment was over. Peter wanted to seize the glory. He wanted to relive it and brand it and build an interpretive center so that other people could hike up the mountain and experience what he experienced. He wanted to write a book about it. These are all the things we do with those moments of obvious, deep spiritual connection. But God ignored Peter's suggestion and just said, Listen to my son. Listen. Just listen. Think about that. At this point in the story, Peter, James, and John had been with Jesus for nearly three years. They'd walked with him. They'd listened to him teach. They'd chatted with him, sitting around the fire in the evening. It all was just normal, everyday life. Jesus was with them. They were with Jesus. No big deal. When Peter wanted to capture this transcendental moment on the mountain, God essentially said, no, no building projects, no book. Just listen. My son has been with you all along. Peter and the other disciples had become blind. They weren't seeing the glory in the ordinary day with Jesus. You and I miss it too. We, we think of those mountaintop moments as the numinous experiences in our life. Numinous, it's a great word, right? Numinous, it means something is soaked with the divine. Something that is numinous, it radiates God's presence. And those mountaintop experiences, they're numinous. But you know what? So is your to-do list. All those things that make up your everyday life. God is with you. You see, your whole life is God's temple. Listen to this. Joshua 1.9 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. With you. Or how about this? Isaiah 41.10 Do not fear, for I am with you. There it is again. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 23, 4, even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger, for you are 
with me. Romans 8.38, For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, heights, depth, or any other created thing, including your to-do list, will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We can't be separated. Matthew 28, 20. Remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Over and over and over again, Scripture tells us that God is with us. Isaiah, the ancient Jewish prophet, said that the Messiah would come and he would be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, that name literally means God with us. If you've heard that name at all, you likely hear it around Christmas time because that's where the name shows up. It shows up in the birth narrative of Jesus, and it's also in Christmas carols that we sing. And so when we hear that word, we think it mostly refers to Jesus being born, right? Now God has come to earth to be with humanity. And that's true. That makes sense. If we expand the meaning, though, of Emmanuel beyond Christmas, usually we take it to mean that God is on our side. God is for humanity, not against humanity. That's also true. Both of these ways of understanding Jesus being with us, understanding Jesus' Emmanuelness, are still distant. Right? Jesus' birth is good, but it's not something that's happening today. And Jesus being the incarnation, the theological presence of God among humanity, that's good too, but it's kind of abstract. You know, it's, it's doctrine. It doesn't really shape your daily agenda all that much. But see, Emmanuel means something more than either of those. Peter missed seeing the glory in his daily life with Jesus. You and I can do that too. Back in the upper room, at the end of his ministry, Jesus told his disciples that he would be with them through the Holy Spirit. With them. He said these words, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. That's John 14, 20. If Jesus is telling the truth, that means that we are in Jesus right now, and Jesus is in us right now, and together we are in the Father right now. He is, in this one present moment, Emmanuel, God with us right now. If Jesus is right about that, if God is with us right now, in the middle of whatever we're doing, that changes the whole game. If Jesus is with you right now, then doing the right thing isn't about earning access to God because you already have that. Doing the right thing is about living out the life of Jesus within you. If Jesus is with you right now, then being a part of a local community of followers of Jesus isn't about fulfilling some obligation. No, you have to be in church once a week to be a good Christian. It's not about that. It's about the transforming power of community, of learning how to live in this one present moment with Jesus along with others on the same path. If Jesus is with you right now, then heaven and eternal life isn't something that only exists far away, somewhere distant, to be found way up there or way over there after we die or when Jesus returns. Heaven and eternal life has already begun. And we are presently, right now, citizens of Jesus' new kingdom. Right here, right now, everything is different. If Jesus is with you right now, then think what that means for your to-do list. Those things you're facing, maybe your work obligations or the tasks that keep your household going or taking care of the kids, maybe hard conversations you'd rather not face or doctor's appointments or washing the dishes, that list that can so often feel like an oppressive grind. 
all those small things, those little tasks and obligations, they feel like the exact opposite of a mountaintop experience. But see, all those moments are being lived directly in God's presence. God is present with you. That means in all of those moments, that means those moments are numinous too. May you release the need to desperately cling to the big moments, the sparkly moments, the ones where it feels like God showed up, and instead learn to gently trust God's presence in your everyday moments, because God is with you even there. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, you can have it come to you live. I'm scheduling speaking engagements all the way through 2019. I'd be honored to come speak at your church, your retreat, your school, your nonprofit. I talk about practical spiritual growth just like this, but I also talk about emotional discipleship. It is high time the church started paying attention to the role of emotions in our lives and our faith. Things like wellness and mental health and depression and how faith intersects with those things. Because see, the truth is this, you can't grow spiritually if you're not growing emotionally. This is in support of my new book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Power and Purpose of Your Emotions, which came out last September and the audiobook version is coming out soon. I would love to bring messages around this topic to your community. If you'd like to check my availability, there's a link in the show notes that can get the conversation started. If you'd like to talk about this episode with me or with other people on the journey, or you'd like to find encouragement for the kind of spiritual life I'm talking about, then I invite you to consider joining the Apprenticeship Lab member community. There's details about what you get, what it is, what it costs in the notes. If you'd like to just support what I'm doing, which allows me to make more material like this, joining the Apprenticeship Lab member community is a great way to do that too. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes and in every other podcast app out there. You can also find a video version on my YouTube channel and subscribe there. I would be grateful if you would take a moment to rate or review this in Apple Podcasts. That is one of the best ways to help other people discover what we're talking about here. If you want more material like this, then subscribe to my email list. I email about twice a month with a new blog post and links to other things that might be of benefit in your spiritual journey. If you're interested in any of that, you'll find links in the show notes for today's episode, including all the scriptures and everything I just mentioned at www.markallenchelsky.com forward slash TAW006. Until next time, remember, in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, and you are not alone.